Thank you. I love those old songs and uh, just the message of those uh, those old, old songs there. And uh, that's a tremendous, tremendous message. It's good to be in church tonight and uh, always good to be in church. And you always come to church even when you don't feel like coming to church. And Lord will bless you uh, just, uh, just for being in church. And uh, it's a place that we ought to be. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 this evening. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And um, we've kind of uh, concluded our time through the wilderness and we have um, come to the very edge of the promised land. The children of Israel are encamped uh, on the other side of the Jordan, uh, just uh, near Jericho, and uh, they are preparing to enter the land that God has given unto them. And so I want to, to change our direction. We spent, uh, I don't know how many months just uh, marching through the wilderness. Do from this point is change our direction uh, from uh, in the wilderness to conquering the promised land. But uh, what I'm going to look at tonight is um, an aspect here just in, in preparation before the children of Israel enter into the promised land, the Lord gives them some guidelines, some rules. And basically he says, uh, we're here, we're at the edge, it's time to enter in. Uh, but he said, when you enter the land, these are some expectations that I have for you. This is something uh, that will lead to your success and this will allow uh, you to remain successful from generation to generation in that promised land. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, very special passage. Would you stand with me? gather the word of God this evening, Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to read the first part here of the chapter tonight, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, the book of Deuteronomy, I love the book of Deuteronomy. God has used this uh, many, many times. And in my life, there were times of spiritual drought and need. And uh, the book of Deuteronomy just kind of became uh, really a spring in the midst of the wilderness uh, for me. And uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, is a special passage. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes, his commandments, which I command thee, this, command thee thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all, thy, uh, with, all, uh, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And I want to stop there at that point and, and just uh, tonight look at uh, what we're going to call some of the rules of the land. Uh, some of God's expectations for the children of Israel, for this nation 
as they enter into the promised land. And these rules and guidelines are going to be the blessing that are going to help them to fight the battles that uh, will conquer the land. Now let's go to the Lord uh, this evening, again asking God for his help tonight. We need him, I need his help, need his guidance tonight. Father, thank you. It's good to be here. And I thank you that uh, your presence is in this place. And, and Lord, that... Um, uh, that you know exactly what our needs are tonight. I pray that by your word you would minister at those, those points of need. Uh, Lord, that you would guide uh, just clarity of thought, uh, then present uh, your truth in a way that would be uh, life-transforming, that your spirit would take your word and use it. Lord, we'll give you honor and glory, praise in it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. And uh, just uh, give a, a, a few thoughts here before we get into this. Go forward with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Second, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and after God's deliverance from uh, the land of Egypt, the children of Israel spent years marching through the wilderness. And God says to them, as we come to chapter 8, all the commandments which I command thee this day, thou shalt observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And so what God says is that he used the wilderness experience in their life to prepare them Land. And he says in verse number 7 of Deuteronomy chapter 8, For the Lord thy God to a land of brooks and waters, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. And, and what God said is, I took you all that wilderness and all of the treacheries and difficulties and uh, times of lack and times of need, all of that was designed to prepare you for the promised land. And you can mark it this way uh, tonight and all of the experiences that you go through, the good times, the bad times, the difficulties, the heartaches, uh, the heartbreaks. Uh, God is working all things together for good to those that love the Lord. And only God can take the bad and turn it into good or take the bad and use it for good. And that's exactly what God did for the children of Israel. Important lessons. And as they were prepared for this land of promise, the land of victory, I'm thoroughly convinced that they they could not have battled the giants of the land had it not been for the experiences of the wilderness. And there are things that God sees in your future that you are not going to be capable of unless you go through some heartaches right now or some difficulties or some trials or as we preached last night, some stormy weather. Uh, that's necessary in your life. Uh, all of us like desserts, but I'm sure glad that my mom did not give me desserts all the time. If I had my way, I would have eaten cakes and brownies and lollipops and chocolate candies, and that would have been my meal, breakfast, supper, and lunch. That's what I would have feasted on. And if we had our way in our Christian life, we would try to avoid the difficulties. But God knows what is best for us. God knows the need for the wilderness. And so here it is tonight, God has prepared them through the ups and the downs and the times of failures and difficulties. He was working all things together for good to bring them to this land that flows with milk and honey. As we come to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the 40 years of wilderness are completed. And God says you're to remember those 40 years. Uh, they're at the edge of the promised land. They're by the Jordan River near the city of Jericho. The first city. And before they cross 
the Jordan River, the Lord through Moses gives them these rules, these guidelines. He reminds them that they are His people. He reminds them that they did not deserve this, but God loved them and He chose them. And I'll say to you tonight, if you're saved, you're His. And you did not deserve it. He chose you. He loved you. And you're His child. Uh, He says to the children of Israel that they have entered into a covenant with Him. They are His particular or peculiar people. Uh, They have been set apart to glorify the Lord. And if you're saved tonight, you have been set apart to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been set apart that through your life and your testimony, this world might see that God is a living God. And that God might through your life be able to prove and show the world that there's no problem too big for our God. That's a beautiful picture of a saved person. Now because the children of Israel are His people, His children, God establishes these rules and He said, as you enter into the promised land, these are the things that are going to set you apart. These are the things that are going to reveal to the world there's something different about your life. And the very things that God gives to this nation are the very things that you need tonight in order to show your friends, your neighbors, and your relatives that God is a living God. God said, this is what I expect of you when you come into the land. This is what God expects of you as a saved person tonight. Now let's look in chapter 6, and I want to pull out just some very simple thoughts, and you're going to say, Pastor, I know that, and I would say to you tonight, you probably know everything we're going to give you tonight. But it's a different thing, putting it into practice and knowing it. In chapter 6, verse number 2, uh, you'll notice here this, this first aspect that God deals with them about. He says these are the commandments, the statutes, he says in verse number 1. And he says in verse number 2, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all of his statutes, his commandments, which I command thee, thou thy son, thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Uh, fear the Lord. Thou mightest fear the Lord. Now, this fear of God is a sense of respect and reverence and awe of God. And I believe if anybody ought to fear God, it ought to be a saved person. And a saved person ought to walk in that awe and reverence and this submission to God on a regular basis. What God is saying, as you enter into the promised land, you are to fear God. This is an acknowledgement that God is real. Now look in Deuteronomy 6, 6 and verse number 4. He says to this nation, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He is the real God. In chapter 11, verse number 6, He that cometh to God must believe that He is, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Israel entering the promised land, it was a godless and wicked and depraved and idolatrous people that they were going to displace. That's exactly what our world has become. It's exactly what the United States of America is. And in the midst of this godless world, in the midst of this hypocrisy and difficulty all across our world, in the midst of this craziness, we need some people that fear God. And some people that would acknowledge that there is one Lord, there's one God, and He's worthy of our service. 
Israel was to serve the Lord God alone. The sin of those nations had risen up before the Lord and God was judging them much as He judged Sodom and Gomorrah, much as He judged the world with the flood. Uh, God is now displacing these nations because their sin has risen up before a holy God. And He says, now Israel, as you go into that land, here's a land of idolatry, you are to uphold and uplift the name of God. And that's your job as a Christian, to uplift and uphold the Lord Jesus Christ. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, It's the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now again, this world is wicked, anti-God, anti-Christianity, and it doesn't matter what the world thinks, God's still God. And God's still real. And one that fears God will acknowledge that God watches over me. Uh, he acknowledges that I have an accountability to God. And whatever the world does, my God watches me. I don't have to join the world. I don't have to be like the world. I don't have to talk like the world. I don't have to media with the same garbage that the world does. Lift the name of God. If I'm using social media, I'll do it to the glory of God. I don't have to go behind the back of my authorities and talk bad about my parents and about my uh, leaders. I can uphold the name of God because I fear God. And so that is the need for God's people today. Fear God. Love the Lord thy God. Fear Him. Uh, God's real. God made me. God holds me accountable. I'm going to stand before him one day. You see, there's no victory, and that's what the promised land represents. There is no victory if I don't fear God. I can't enter this land of promise unless I fear God and walk in this day-by-day acknowledgement of the Lord and his presence. Now, in fearing God, he takes it another step. Look in chapter 6, verse 2. They are to fear God but they are to obey God. He says that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes, his commandments, which I command thee, thou, and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, notice this, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee that they that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Now, as we read through the book of Deuteronomy, there is great emphasis upon obedience. Uh, Not just hearing the word of God, but obeying the word of God. He mentions in verse number two that we are to keep his... In verse number three, observe to do it. You go to chapter 4, you'll just find these are the final instructions. In chapter 4, verse number 1. Now therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes, to the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that you may live. In chapter 4, verse number 23, he says, Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image. And he says, uh, you are to observe, to keep, not to uh, walk in the paths of the world. Verse 14, in verse 14, chapter 4. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might do them in the land, whither you go to possess it. In chapter 4, verse number 39. 
Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, upon the earth beneath, there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes, his commandments. In chapter uh, uh, 5 and verse number 1, chapter 5, Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes, judgments, which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep and do them. Uh, we can go on and on in the book of Deuteronomy, verse after verse after verse. These are final instructions, and God is warning when you enter into the promised land, not only are you to hear the word, but you're to keep the word. You're to observe the word. Uh, you go to chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. Many scriptures that we could examine, but he kind of sums it up here. In this chapter, in chapter 28, verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. He said, blessed shalt thou be, and what God is doing is setting forth these blessings that will come into their life if they will be obedient to the word of God. Go to chapter 28, verse 15. And it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments, his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And you see these curses mentioned throughout the rest of the chapter. It's interesting to examine some of the issues that are facing in America today. And uh, chapter 28, as uh, you look at the curses coming upon uh, the nation, and these are the very curses that are coming today upon America because America is rejecting and turning away as a nation from the things of God. Now, here for you tonight as a Christian, the path to victory is very simple. It's obedience. Yeah. Obedience. It's not obedience when you feel like it. It's not obedience when it is convenient. It's not obedience when uh, everybody is being obedient. Uh, the path to victory for you tonight is simply obedience. It's obedience whether you want to or not. Uh, I've heard people state something like this. Doesn't God want me to be happy? Yeah, no, God doesn't care if you're happy. Well, he wants you to be happy, but uh, that's not his priority for your life. God wants you to be like Jesus. Okay? He's more concerned about you being like Jesus than he is about you being happy. And in fact, there are some things that God is going to make and ask of you to do that are not going to be happy. You can have joy in the midst of it. Joy can never be taken away from you. Happiness is based upon circumstances. And circumstances in our sinful world are not always going to be conducive to your happiness. You see, what God wants is right. Right is right. Obedience is right. And whether you want it or not, it's right to obey. And you do what God has asked you to do, whether it feels good or not. You just obey God. You see, we're living in a society today where it's all about me. Living in a society with whatever makes me feel good. 
whatever I want uh, and whatever is convenient for me. That's not what God says. That's not what God says to the children of Israel. God said, you want my blessing in the land, you just obey me. Just obey me. And that's the path to victory. God dealt very thoroughly with the children of Israel to hearken to the word of God. Now, I think, uh, and we won't go there tonight for the sake of time, but I often think of, of King Saul uh, in the Old Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter, or 1 Samuel chapter 15. And uh, 1 Samuel 15, the story is told where Saul is directed to utter, utterly slay the Amalekites. Saul went in and partially obeyed the Lord. Uh, he killed uh, some of the refuse. Uh, he took uh, the worst of the lambs and slew them. But he saved the king alive, and he saved the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen in disobedience to God. And as Samuel came upon the scene, Saul says to Samuel, I have obeyed the verse of the Lord. And Samuel says, what means the bleeding of these sheep? And then God said, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken the, the fat of rams. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And because of Saul's partial, we might say, obedience, which is in reality disobedience, Saul was dismissed from the kingdom. And I believe many of God's children today are missing the blessings of God because of partial, half-hearted, obedience. You want the promised land. You want the victory. You want the joy of the Lord and the power of God. It's not going to come with a half-hearted commitment. It's going to take, and let me be honest, we're living at a time in America, if you're going to try to serve God half-heartedly, you're not going to make it. We're living at a time in America, it's going to take all of you. It's going to take a full-fledged, full-hearted commitment to the Lord. It's what God said to the children of Israel. You entered into this promised land, it's a land of wickedness. You're to fear God, and you are to obey God. Now, that's not going to be possible if you don't take this third admonition. Go back to Deuteronomy 6. You're to fear God, you're to obey God, but here's the secret. You're to love God. Look at verse 4, Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. See, that's the key thought. That's the first and the great commandment. Uh, we go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. There was a repeat of the Ten Commandments. And really it is only a love for God tonight that is going to bring about an obedience to God. Uh, it's only a full-fledged love for God. You're going to face trial, giants, difficulties, discouragements, disappointments, depressions. People will fail you. You'll fail yourself. The only thing that's going to keep you going tonight is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
It's going to be a love for God that's going to help you to rise above your friends, young people. It's going to be a love for God that's going to tell you, I don't need to follow my peers. I need to follow my God. Amen. It's going to be a love for God that's going to be a Daniel that's going to stand alone and be different in a world that follows the world. It's going to be a love for God that will help you to rise above the crowd. That's what we need in Española. Hey, it's easy to go do drugs with the rest of the crowd. It's easy for a while. But payday comes. Easy to join the crowd and gossip. Anybody can do that. Easy to talk about authority. Anybody can do that. It's going to take somebody that will rise up and say, I love God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do, no matter what. I'm going to rise above the crowd and be different. A love for God. Uh, you'll find that the night of Christ's betrayal and arrest that the Lord shared with his disciples this basic thought. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's very simple. If you love the Lord, you'll obey the Lord. You love the Lord, you'll fear the Lord. And your love for God is not an ooey-gooey feeling tonight. Your love for God is a choice. I have chosen that God is my king, and that I'm going to follow God no matter what. It's a choice of God. So we fear God, we obey God, and we love God. But how do we keep this thing going on? Let's go on in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to really get down to some nitty-gritty here. Because if the children of Israel were to succeed in the promised land, there's something that was required of them that we're neglecting as Christian parents in America. And these words which I command thee, verse 6, this day shall be in thine heart. In other words, he's saying to this generation, you're to hide the word of God in your heart. And I would say to each and every one of us tonight, we need that. But then I want you to notice this next statement, that thou shalt teach them diligently. And parents, you can't teach them until you've hid them in your own heart. You can't teach them, parents, until you do them. You can't teach your children to follow steps that you're not willing to take yourself. And let me be honest. I think we're living in a time when many parents don't want to rise to the occasion. Many parents want their children to do right, but parents are not willing to do right. And parents, if you want to take this thing on the next generation, you have got to rise up and say, I'm going to be to God what God wants me to be, and I can't lead my children until I'm what God wants me to be. He says, parents, hide this in your hearts. And then he says, parents, teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest in the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee good great cities thou buildest not. And he goes on uh, to describe 
responsibility. Now, I, I just, there's a couple of thoughts. I, I have a conviction in my heart, and I determined this uh, before I had children. I would give my children a Christian education. I determined that I would make the Bible the center of our education, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I determined that the center of math and English and science and social studies and on and on you could go uh, was a foundation in the Word of God. And you know, there's a lot of talk that kids need to experience the world to succeed in the world, and you don't read that anywhere in the Word of God. What you read in the Word of God is that we are to be innocent concerning that which is evil, and we are to cease to hear the instruction that causes us to err from the words of knowledge. And history teaches us that those that have made the greatest impact in our world today are those that were saturated in the Word of God. And those that have been saturated from a young age where the Word of God has been taught and it's been the foundation of the home, it's been the foundation of their lives. Do you realize many of our presidents were homeschooled or Christian educated? Let me give you the list. John Adams, John Quincy Adams, James Garfield, Andrew Jackson, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, James Polk, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, George Washington. Those men had a Christian education. Uh, Tim Tebow was given a Christian education. Many of our founding fathers that signed the documents of our nation were grounded in biblical principles. A military leader, Stonewall Jackson, Douglas MacArthur, George Patton, had a Christian education. A scientist, George Washington Carver, Michael Faraday, grounded in the things of God. Preachers that have changed the world, William Carey, Hudson Taylor, Jonathan Edwards, John and Charles Wesley. Inventors, Alexander Graham Bell, thankful for the phone that's <laughs> progressed. You could go back to the old phones, the Bell phones. There is a representative in Congress today, Washington's 5th Congressional District, graduated from an ACE school just like ours, went to Christian College. Foundations of our nation. God says to these parents, you are to teach them diligently to your children. When you get up in the morning, you walk through the day, make the Word of God the book of your life. God in the land and listen we're losing a nation and we're losing a nation and we don't have any concern care as to where we're going and we need some young people today who have an understanding of the word of God to be a Daniel to be a Shadrach a Meshach and a Abednego to stand I don't care what the world says I'm going to be different I'm going to rise I'm going to make a difference for the sake of Christ. See, we're losing this nation. And most parents, churches are asleep as to what's happening. I, I believe we have hope and a chance. And I believe we can still make a difference. God says to parents, you enter the promised land, you have to rise up teach and train. Sum this up. Look at verse 10, chapter 10, 6. And he says, it shall be 
when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware to thy fathers, to give or to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, and when thou hast eaten and be full, and that where we have been in America, we've been blessed. He says, Then beware. Lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him. And shall swear by his name. And shalt not go after other gods. The gods of the people which are round about you. And, uh, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from the face of the earth. And, and I want you to notice here what God said to this nation. He said, as you enter into the promised land... You're not to copy the nations around you. You're not to do the way they've done. I'm judging them. You're to be different. And that's what God says to us. You don't have to copy the world. You don't have to be like the world and act like the world and talk like the world. Rise above that. God's judging that. I don't want to face that judgment. I want to rise up above that. And that's what God expressed. Continue to walk with God. Let me close. Turn forward. Chapter 8, verse number 19 and 20. Here's this warning that God gives to this nation. And it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods. And serve them. He's talking about the gods of the nations. He's talking about copying the world. And serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall ye perish. Because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. It's pretty strong, isn't it? And that's exactly what God would express to us. It's going to take some courage to rise above that. It's going to take some courage to say, I am willing to be what God wants. Parents, it's going to take some courage for you to be different. It's going to take some courage, young people, for you to say, I'm going to love God. I'm going to fear God. I'm going to obey God. Then I'm going to seek to teach these principles of God to others and to my family. Let's go to the Lord this evening in prayer. The Lord knows your heart, your need.